let's freaking go we are growing here on the fantasy football card quest his name's andy my name's carter i'm telling you we have like one of our best guests we've ever had we're going to tell you about it a little bit later we're dropping that conversation a little bit later in the week but what we want you to do today comment down below or just shoot us a message do you like optic better than prism i find this conversation to be interesting andy you have been looking at uh the prices as well it is very interesting because you know we're so prism focused we're always looking forward to the pr prism release but it is interesting that optic has been pretty hot right now very hot very hot it's also you know mainstream retail product just like prism but what is so interesting carter if you look at the top draft picks from 2021 we'll take jamar chase as an example because he's one of our favorite skill position players yeah. in optic he's got 108 different cards according to tcdb.com trading card database in prism he's got 230 different cards so that's over twice as many different variations of prism than optic and we've seen this in 2020 we saw this in 2019 2018 if you go look at the pop reports of kyler murray from 2019 the pop reports of optic are a lot less than that of prism and we can kind of see that in the available listings but at the same time these optic cards, when you compare scarcity to scarcity, are about the same retail price. Like if you look at an optic auto from uh, any of these guys, we like we did a price comparison of Javante Williams, for example, because the optics have an on-card auto. Most times those are serial numbered. And it's basically that got the rated rookie with a chrome finish. They're selling for the same as the Prism Silver Auto, which is non-serial numbered, sticker auto, but it has the Prism brand. Give me the optic auto all day, baby. That's serial number. I, I I am a sucker for that. So obviously comment down below. Obviously, it also depends on the variation of the card. Is it an autograph? Is it not? Uh, is it a sticker auto? Is it not? Obviously, you know, like you mentioned, prism sticker autos. Andy, I'm going to be honest with you. I've never bought one single prism sticker auto. I just haven't. I have bought optic on card autos so for me i i'm optic all day over prism um but it, it is a very interesting conversation to have and you know it's select coming out you know we have fawned over that jamar chase zebra print uh select card um you know i, I i've always said this about prism right I'm, I'm a big prism guy i like prism just fine but i do think there is a hyper focus on prism I do also think, Andy, a lot of people are kind of confused by Prism. Let's just say you're new, jumping back into the hobby. There's a lot of people, Andy, that still, and you can see the listings on eBay, they don't know the difference between a silver Prism and just base Prism because a silver Prism is technically a Prism prism if that makes sense <laughs> if you know cards you know everything i said just makes sense but you can see how that's confusing for people to come back into the hobby because a lot of people do list a base card as this card is a prism well it's technically a prism but it's not prism and for those that are confused by that there's base prism and then there's obviously uh, a different type of prism where it says prism on the back of the card if you're watching on youtube you could see it it's going to have that prism brand on there 
It's very confusing. Whoever thought that through didn't really think it all the way through. Whereas with me, Andy, I'm a sucker for the rated rookie logo. And with Optic, ooh, baby, that rated rookie logo. And if you don't believe that rated rookie logo has some pull in the hobby, go talk to some real hobbyists, right? Andy, you do it every day. The, think of the uh, a guy I mentioned a lot, the David Hunters of the world. The people that have been in the business for a while, they look forward to that rated rookie logo. And to add one more thing to the optic conversation, right? You know, there's a lot of rated rookie logos you just see just in general in the general public, right? I know Panini has a deal with uh, the Draft Network, which is like a big like, uh, you know, draft website. And what is it? They have the rated rookie logo plastered everywhere. Uh, it is iconic. So for me, I, you know, you, you mentioned a minute ago, the print runs and all of that. I'm a sucker for optic and that serial number, baby. Let's go. Yeah. And, and I've studied several players. Like I did a, a deep analysis on Jerry Judy, whenever his card prices spiked after the Broncos signed Russell Wilson. And what I, what I found was that the optic, autograph cards went up increased at the same rate the same percentage as the contenders as flawless and immaculate just at a different price tier uh, so it was very interesting to see that they are just as desirable just as liquid in fact in a lot of cases i think now that the hobby is leaning towards the optic i don't know it's, it's you know all those reasons you just mentioned. I, I would love to get um, you know everybody out there's opinion on this. So please drop a comment on this. But I I do see these cards kind of slowly taking over. There's uh, a little bit more scarcity, and uh, I think they are becoming more desirable. Plus, a lot of these autographs are on card. I mean, look at that autograph. That was on a sticker. It's probably gonna be missing a portion of the autograph because of of how he signs the card. Um, so yeah, I mean, you look at this autograph from Javante, it's not nearly as uh, embellished or like, I don't know, as freestyled as this one, right? you know? And speaking of autographs, uh, I do want to bring up our guest later this week. So on Thursday, we will have one of the prominent voices in the hobby, Lou Janu. I know a lot of you are familiar with the Card Talk podcast. Uh, we talked about Lou on an episode last week, and obviously, you know, a lot of people that watch our show probably watch card talk and someone sent like Lou the clip of us talking about him. And he reached out to us and we're like, yeah, we gotta, gotta get him on the show. And, you know, a little bit later, I mean, this guy obviously has a more macro view outside of just football cards, but he drops a lot of good nuggets on popularity, right? You can't just force something into being popular, right? So while, you watching this or listening to this might think, well, I do like Optic better than Prism. You know, sometimes it's just not how things go, right? Sometimes, you know, the prices are the prices. And we're not going to talk too much about it later this week, but Lou, uh, but we will in the episode with Lou. Lou does talk a lot about the quarterback versus the position player thing, and he shared some very interesting insight. Uh, so a little bit later this week, you'll have we'll have him on the show. And it's funny that his biggest autograph uh, his favorite autograph features a sticker auto that is probably the most interesting sticker auto i've ever seen so that'll be coming up a little bit later and that's why it's very important for you to subscribe ring the bell and all that stuff so you don't 
miss out on any of these episodes. So once again, comment down below. Let us know. Optic versus Prism. So um, in just a second, we're going to talk about listing cards. But really quickly here, Andy, there are a bunch of new people that are getting back into football cards, right? And they're very interested in football cards in general. And we'll touch on this very briefly now because there's a lot of college product being released on like brand new players that just went to rookie teams. It's very interesting, Andy, to you know bring up the difference between college uniform and pro uniform cards. Yeah, and this this goes back many years, Carter. I've I've studied this extensively for several years now because you know these college uniform products are very hot because they're pretty much the only things out there for these players, and um, and so they're very liquid right now. But once the, the cards come out with their pro uniforms, those are definitely more desirable, more liquid, um, and they take over that main stage in the hobby as the kind of go-to card or the gold standard for any given player. Now, it's not to say that college cards are all going to turn into trash. No, I, I think there's a lot of still there's a lot of cards out there that are going to maintain value. You can go and look at the resale value of a Jamar Chase autograph, serial numbered card in his LSU uniform. It's still doing just fine. But, you know, that's not going to be the case for all players. It really depends on what college they went to, how rare that card is, um, and the difference between licensed and unlicensed, the unlicensed one don't have any team logos, team trademarks. They're licensed directly through the player, through the uh, name, image and likeness program. So, you know, those are uh, those are different. You know, it still has the the player's penmanship if you're getting autographed cards and Leaf does make a very good card. But the the Panini ones actually have the, the college name they went to. It's got the college logos on there. Uh, and so they have a little bit more information about the co- the player's statistics at college on the back of the card, that kind of thing. And uh, and so there, there's a little bit more variation there. And, of course, it comes with the Panini brand and all those those pro uniform designs. Like when they put pro U- pro uniform designs on college uniform cards, they've done well and they're continuing to do well. And that's why they're releasing Mosaic draft picks this year and Prism draft picks, select draft picks. These are two new sets that previously were not around. You know, the, these were cards that would just get released as part of Chronicles draft picks, but now they're actually have their own sets coming out, which is just going to add that much more college uniform supply into the marketplace. So there's going to be a lot of early season flipping on rookies. I, I would do it. I would list them ASAP uh, because the, the chances of those holding value long term are low. Yeah, it's part of the reason why I don't like ripping college product, Andy, even though I do like college uniform cards. And I'll share the story. Uh, That's how you and I got connected, right? Uh, I bought a bunch of Joe Burrow LSU uniform cards, and I was watching your channel, and you were saying, sell them immediately. And that's how, you know, our friendship and the show really began. And, you know, I am a college over NFL guy. This is what I do full time is college football analysis, right? Um But it is true, college uniform cards don't hold weight. It is interesting, though, Andy, I'm a part of these, you know, LSU card Facebook groups. Joe Burrow college uniform cards still go for, you know, quite a bit. But that is a very hyper-focused regional card, right? You know, that's, you know, those cards sell for a lot in LSU Facebook groups. Now, there will be collectors of college uniform cards because, look, there's – people that love college football 
uh, card collector too, right? Big Ohio State guy. Now, you know, he understands that, you know, pro uniform cards, you know, go for more, but, you know, he's a huge Ohio State fan. So if you like college uniform cards, go for it. I do. But at the same time, understand that once the pro uniform cards come out in that player, these cards just aren't as desirable from a flipping standpoint. So if you are trying to build a college uniform card collection, one of the best things for you to do is do something, Andy, that's really hard to do in this hobby. Be patient, because if you're patient, you will save yourself hundreds, if not thousands, if you want to build a super big college PC. Yeah, that's a great point, Carter. Great point, especially a uh, prime example, George Pickens. You know, his cards, college uniform, autograph cards are going for over $100 right now, Carter. He's he's in that Romeo Dobbs stratosphere right now of rookies that are just insanely hyped up. Um, I think George Pickens has got a lot more merit to his hype than uh, Romeo Dobbs, but that's uh, my opinion uh, based on his college resume. Uh, George Pickens, I mean, he's a stud, but you know, so yeah, that's a fantastic point because these are, you can absolutely acquire these, I would say middle end of November, December timeframe for much, much less than what they are at now. I mean, we're talking two, three, four times less than what they are at now. That's how much they will drop off because I've seen that happen with all the hottest quarterbacks and skill position players for the past several years. And if you're buying them now, just make sure you're targeting scarcity and, and being being okay with paying up, uh, you know, paying up for for that player right now and that card. And it's interesting how hot some of these college products are going to be, Andy, with no bona fide star quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? Like, and not only are there no bona fide like star, you know, early draft quarterbacks, none of them really played at big schools. Right, Kenny Pickett played at Pitt. Desmond Ritter played at Cincinnati. Malik Willis, Liberty. Um, you know Matt Corral, Ole Miss. So it is very, very interesting. I, I'm going to be very interested to see what the prices do on that. Um, I'm also a big Traylon Burks guy, but I'm not really a Razorback fan. Uh, but I, I, I think Traylon Burks college uniform card is going to be very interesting because there are a lot of Arkansas fans and. You know, there's not a lot of Arkansas star NFL players. So maybe that card becomes a little bit more desirable. So it is very, very interesting. But for the most part, just be mindful of college uniform spending. And Andy, there's, and this is something that's not talked a whole lot about in the hobby, but retail shelves are healthier than they've ever been in the past couple of years. And you can walk into any Walmart and you can walk into any Target. And there's going to be, and, you know, I traveled to Alabama recently and I've walked into a few Walmarts. There is a stock shelf of these pro set college uniform boxes. I saw a 2021 Panini contenders box. You know what I'm talking about? The one with Mac Jones and Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence or whatever. Reduced price, just sealed sitting there. There's going to be a lot of this that's still going to be on the shelves and I'm telling you, you got to get really lucky to pull something that people really, really, really want. So that's something else, Andy. I, it's always that itch, man, when you walk into a Walmart and you're getting a rack of ribs or you're getting a light bulb or uh, you're getting your tire fixed in the auto center. You're like, let me go walk around. And then you're like, 
holy crap, I could buy this blaster box with maybe $5 worth of cards in it for $27.88. So I know it's tantalizing, but always be careful because it is very, very risky with any wax, but especially college wax. Yeah, it, it, the, the retail product is definitely more diluted. I think that's why we're seeing uh, boxes sit on, sit on shelves. And uh, I, I was actually lucky enough to get a box of Optic. Um, and, and I think they did sell out on Target's online store. But um, one of our one of our patrons in the Discord, 402 Collector, actually posted up a link. Uh, a boxes in uh, in Target, and so a few of us were able to get uh, boxes of optic at retail prices. So it'll be interesting to see what that hit rate's like. Let's go, Jamar Chase, one of one, about to get pulled right here on the FB <laughs> Card Quest, man. Um, you know what's interesting? Uh, you know, select obviously around the corner. We're really excited about that. Um, but you know, Andy, this is something that. I'm going to call myself out on here for hobby tip of the week. Okay. And it's, it's simple. I didn't practice what I preached. So, and I'm going to share with, um, I, I want you to share with all our lovely listeners, what I told everybody to do last week. List your cards, like get active listing cards, get at least 10, 20, as many as you can listed and capitalize on this preseason hype cycle that we're in. And what did I do, Andy? Tell, tell the people what I did. <laughs> you didn't list any. <laughs> I didn't list any. And I was calling everybody out. It's like, list at least 10 cards this week. So I've got to do it now. I, I think you should just fire me as, as a co-host here. Like, that that is me just not doing what I said I should have done. And, um, yeah. But here's what's funny, Andy, is there were some courageous and smart patrons that were inspired by my message last week uh, that actually got to it. So let, let's shout them out, man. Shout out to Jay Kid. Are you kidding me? 64 cards scheduled? Yeah, man. Our man Jay Kid was all over it. And I actually, yeah, shout out to Jay Kid. He, he was the person as well that's like, get your listing started on your computer. Whether it's, you know, through the comp process and clicking sell one like this or using an eBay template, get it set up as a draft and then use your phone to take the picture and submit the listing. It, it's a very quick process and that way you don't have to transfer any photos from your phone to your computer and do any of that. You just get it on, as set up as a draft on your computer, take the photos with your phone and click that list button. And, and he listed on his phone. So he like he types it out and then he takes a photo and he could just list it right then and there. I've never done that. That's actually a really, really good tip. And Andy, I know you've done a video on doing your eBay listings faster. So um, make sure you check it out on the Fantasy Football Card Quest. We also got a shout out, James88. Look at that, baby. Ah, ah. Uh, got got Cat Prescott, as he calls him, <laughs> on the job. James 88, big Dallas Cowboys fan. Got Cat Prescott there on the job. Looks like he's taking a break, probably exhausted from listing all those cards. But these were all listings that James got uh, up on eBay last week, inspired by Carter's message of listing cards. We just got to get you in the game card. I, I, in fact, listed about 50 cards myself last week. And it's funny what happens when you list cards, especially right now, you sell them. Like, 
I sold a nice Chris Olave card, college uniform card. I can't believe some of these prices I'm getting for them. You know, I'm using uh, plain white envelope shipping. And I mean, I'm selling these cards that are probably going to be a dollar 99 cent card in the next few months. Right now, you can get five, 10, 15 dollars for them. And, uh, you know, just turn them around. If you ripped any 2022 Chronicles product, I sold a Drake London this morning. So Brandon Ayuk uh, sold some of my Tua cards. Uh, <laughs> I'm selling all kinds of cards right now. I think I sent out like six or seven yesterday in, in addition to like four or five last Friday. So things are things are heating up, man. Yeah. So hobby tip of the week is do that. Don't be like me. Just do it. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just my overall laziness. Sometimes, you know, I just can't get rid of cards. I, I was like, yeah, I kind of want to hold on to this one. Um, and shout out to Perry Collectibles as well. Perry's one of the sharpest patrons out there. Um, he is actually doing something smart. He's saying, look, I, I bought a bunch of base cards. I'll take some L's on it, get some money in, and then put that into cards that I really want. And I think a lot of people are doing that, Andy. Like, you know, you buy base cards and they're not as much as they used to be. And they may not ever go back up. You just list them, sell it, and then you can put that money into a card that you actually want that is actually scarce or numbered. Get yourself an optic numbered on-card auto. So shout out to Perry Collectibles. And that's what's really cool about the Fantasy Football Card Quest Patreon. Um, you get to be a part of the Discord and you get to be a part of the conversation. You can message Andy, you can message me, or you can message people in there that are way smarter than any of us. Uh, and they'll help you, right? That's the cool thing about the community. So um, it goes a very, very long way. So that's my hobby tip of the week, Andy. Once again, just keep listing, baby, and take advantage of this hype cycle. And that's a great message because selling cards is not always about taking a profit. Sometimes it's breaking even or taking a small loss, but to move the card because you've held it for a while to then take that money and roll it into a new card that you feel has more upside, that brings you some more excitement, that is fresh, you know, because I think there absolutely is an element of, 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 you know, having a certain card for a long enough time and maybe you're not super passionate about it and, Maybe you're not going to double your money on it, but you can break even on it. You've got a, a willing buyer out there. Go ahead and sell it. Why not? And roll that into uh, another card and get something new in your life, right? I mean, the I think one of the most fun aspects of buying cards, and this is just me, is is buying cards or, or you know the football card journey is actually buying the cards, opening them up, and you know holding that card in your hand for the first time. Um, I think you know. There's a lot of cards for me that kind of depreciate in my own uh, like emotional attachment to them after I open them up and kind of check them out for the first time. And especially after I list them on on eBay, there's kind of like that. I have to detach myself from that card emotionally and be prepared to sell it, even if it is a card that I consider for my PC. Everything's got its price and I can always find a new deal down the road and and get in, you know. There you go. So is that your hobby tip of, tip of the week as well is uh list, list, list. That's it. That's it. And, and um, just like try not to try not to think just because you bought this card for a year ago for uh, let's just use an example, right? When, when 2020 select came out at first, it did really well. So like I was buying 2020 select field level cards, base field level cards 
prefer between, you know, 15 to $30, um, especially like on quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts to uh, those kind of guys. And, you know, now those cards are still yeah, – they're going for about the same price, even though they're pretty hyped up. And that's just because the select brand as a whole kind of went down in value. It, it was diluted big time from the, the retail release. And, and, you know, I'm okay with breaking even even on those cards based on the, the amount of time that I've held them. Uh, and, and I don't want to, like, risk, you know, those players losing hype and then not even being able to break even, like not having those cards even worth $5. So, you know, I think it it's just, like, be okay with breaking even on certain cards or even losing a couple dollars to go ahead and move that volume and roll that into – new stuff you know now that you're now that i'm more knowledgeable now that i have a lot more experience i mean it's so it's okay you know so that's my hobby tip of the week there you go so now it's time for play of the week we we normally do this like midway through the episode but we didn't do it today and i'm kind of happy we didn't is we talk about like you know the quarterback market and just a market in general the bottom line is it's only going to get hotter as the season gets closer right for the most part, prices on everybody goes up. We, I, You and I have always found Jalen Hurts' prices to be the absolute most fascinating. And, you know, the Eagles have a really good team this year, right? This is a big year for, for Hurts uh, and, and them. But obviously, you know, the, the big news is the Zach Wilson injury. It's not as serious um, as, like – the Twitter doctors is what I call them. Everybody was like trying to be first. Have you seen this, Andy? There's like these Twitter doctors out there. And I will say this, like I know quite a few people in the sports medicine industry that have actually worked on like professional athletes. And they all tell me to be weary of the Twitter doctors out there, right? That are able to watch a video and diagnose the injury. Sometimes they're right. This time they they were very wrong, right? Zach Wilson's going to be fine. He'll be back in like a month or however long it takes, but he's not out for the year. So, you know, I, I'm sure, Andy, there were some people that were trying to fire sell Zach Wilson. Uh, you know, be careful with these injury news. It it's it's it is very interesting. So, once again, Andy, before I get play of the week, your overall thoughts on just you know QB markets and just you know the overall market in general as we move closer to. The- yeah, most QBs are appreciating in value. Even Patrick Mahomes' prices are going back up from where they were at. You know, they're probably down 50, 60% in June, towards the end of June, beginning of July. Now that he's come out on the field, I think he went, yeah, he went six for seven, 60 yards and a touchdown, did a little sidearm pass, you know, a couple of nice passes to uh, Kelsey and the guys. So, you know, his hype is already picking back up, plus the defense put quite a bit of pressure. On, on the other team. So it's to understand that most of these quarterbacks, especially the quarterbacks that played well from last year, they're all appreciating. They're all very hyped up driving that the market. And um, man, a great time to take some profits, take some profits on the guys that have that hype. The other guys that we're waiting on, like Russell Wilson, you're not necessarily selling Russell Wilson right now because you know that that revenge game is week one against the Seahawks. Same thing with Baker Mayfield. You know that revenge game is week one against the Browns, and you are absolutely wanting to hold that card for that game. You, you right. want to sell after those games because I guarantee you that's when that that hype is going to spike for those players. Um, and I'm looking at guys 
like my play of the week. I'm going to steal your guy, Carter. I'm going to steal your guy right now because I watched the I watched a film study on Traylon Burks from from Saturday or it was uh, Friday night. I think it was when yeah. they played. And he got open so many times, man. He got open so many times. Uh, he did a great job, great job. And and yet he's buried down the depth chart. And he played with Malik Willis. And Malik Malik Willis had a couple nice runs, a couple nice passes, but it was none of it was to Traylon Burks. But if you actually looked at what Traylon Burks did on a route by route basis, he did incredible, man. And so I think there's a uh, kind of a fallout on him right now. He's being pushed way down draft boards as the depth chart was just released, and he's like number five on it. <laughs> and and uh, and so I think this presents an opportunity because nobody's seen him play on the field yet with Ryan Tannehill, who's a much better quarterback with more NFL experience than Malik Willis, and and going through his scan progressions, actually, you know, targeting the open wide receiver. So I think uh, Traylon Burks is absolutely. It could shock a lot of people come week one when Tennessee Titans actually have to throw the ball with Ryan Tannehill behind center. Uh, my play of the week is, is and I, you know I'm a big Burks guy. He, he was my number one receiver, and I've already gotten some bad tweets from people saying, you're so wrong about this. Oh, my goodness. Look at the film study. There was a guy who did a, a film study on Burks every route that he ran from Friday night. I mean – the dude's legit. I mean, he, I mean, he looks like a stud out there. You just got to throw him the ball. <laughs> right. Um, you know, sometimes card prices don't affect reality. I think Najee Harris, I think, is a really, really, really good running back. His card prices are still kind of sort of expensive for me, and he's an Alabama running back and a Steelers running back. I don't, I don't get why, you know, there's a lot of Najee hate out there, and he's sliding. Uh, I was able to get him at the – uh, the 17th pick in a best ball draft, 17th for a guy that's going to get that level of volume. Um, I like Najee Harris coming out of Alabama, and I've seen him play a lot. But, you know, I, I'm always – that's why I wore my Terrell Davis shirt, even though it's old and it's got hot dog neck or whatever, and I got my J. Hill jersey. I love running backs. It's hard to, you know, buy their – it's really hard, you know, to to, to buy their cards. Um but it is interesting by play-ish of the week. Just keep an eye out on two players, Adrian Peterson and LaDainian Tomlinson cards. And I know that's not current, whatever, but it is still amazing. There's this guy, Brooklyn Barry Bright, who has built just this incredible LaDainian Tomlinson collection. And you can you know get really cool cards of both LaDainian Tomlinson and Adrian Peterson for – 200 300 400 dollar range it's it's very interesting um but i'm, I'm my real play of the week though even though i wanted to talk about running backs here at the end andy is odell beckham jr now i don't know if we're going to include what we did in the outtakes of of this so i i will say this okay odell is still one of the biggest stars in the nfl now how much of that is reflected in reality i don't know right I do know this, though, Andy. If you were to say who's had the better career, would it be Mike Evans or would it be Odell Beckham? Well, it'd be Mike Evans, right? The thousand-yard streak. Obviously, you know, Mike Evans swords back in his career now, but, you know, he's playing with Brady, and he might win another Super Bowl this year. But Odell is such a big star, and, you know, he's got Drake. He's got all these people that that love this guy. He's got the Instagram followers. He's got the look. And – 
card prices don't fully reflect that at all. And, you know, it's just hype versus, you know, reality. But the truth is, if Odell Beckham were to sign with the Bills, right? One of Odell's closest friends is Von Miller. Von Miller makes the move from the, the Rams to the Bills. Odell's cards are going to go to the freaking moon. And you and I were talking about this before this episode began. Odell's rookie ticket autos float for around 50-ish dollars, 60 it's pretty low for a guy that's accomplished what this guy's accomplished. Yes, the years in Cleveland were rough. Yes, his career has been very injury riddled, so on and so on and so on. But this is a perfect example of nobody actually looking at this guy. And then, uh, you know, when he actually does make news, when he actually does sign, he might sign back with the Rams. But if he does sign with the Bills, if he does sign with the Packers, who he was really close to signing with this last cycle, it's going to create a lot of news. It is going to be a block news on NFL Live. It's going to be just crazy, and it's going to be nuts. It really will. So Odell is a, a sneaky, decent play for me right now, Andy, uh, simply because there's just so much that comes along with the name Odell Beckham Jr. Hmm. I think that, yeah, I think it's a great time to buy Odell and stash him. He's one of those guys you buy now, you stash for the playoffs when he does sign with a team, whether it's the Rams, the Bills, he's going to sign with a contender <laughs> at some point in the playoffs. So I think it's a pretty safe bet, you know, and, and, and you didn't, and that doesn't even incorporate his uh, popularity, his fame off the field. And wherever he signs, he's going to have one big spike week because he's so. Like, he's so supremely talented. When he's fully healthy, locked in, and ready to go, he he is god-tier when it comes to route running, hands, uh, acrobatic catches. I think he's still got some gas left in the tank. I know he's coming off this injury. I totally get it. But the truth is, is this guy could still play. Is that the LSU in me? Maybe. I was at school when Odell was at school. So I'm always going to have a connection to this guy. But, I mean, I just I, I just think that this is, is just screaming in my face that this guy um, could see his cards go to the moon again. So Yeah, and he's the perfect candidate right now, as you can see here on the screen. Target him in auction. If you've got a save search for 2014 Odell Beckham, uh, maybe put PSA 10 in there. Target him in auction because you can see in auction, because he's not very hyped up right now, the injury and everything, um, you can get some really good deals. Like you could have immediately flipped this uh, Topps Chrome rookie PSA 10 in auction, got it for 1850 and then turned around and sold it for 40 or 50 right now even because, you know, there's there's collectors out there that will pay 40 or 50 dollars for a Topps Chrome rookie Odell Beckham Jr. PSA 10, even though he's not playing just because of his fame and his previous merit and hype that he has. So understand cards like this are not good to send to auction right now. But as a buyer, you absolutely want to target them in auction. Never forget Cooper Cup PSA 10s going for thirty five dollars before last year. It, it's it's amazing, and you know, always get some good deals on wide receiver. And wide receiver obviously is the second biggest position in, in the hobby behind quarterbacks. Now it's a pretty significant gap between the two positions, but it is something to keep an eye on, especially with this connection to fantasy football. Well, 
Andy, it was another fine episode. And uh, once again, we want you to comment. Uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast, give us that five-star review. Send us a message. Um, he's at FF Card Quest. I'm at Power Hour LSU or at Carter the Power, either one. Let us know, Optic or Prism. If you're watching this on YouTube, let us know in the comment section below, Optic or Prism. It's whatever floats your boat. And make sure you check us out on Patreon. Now, Andy, our guy, Lou Janou. Dropping that conversation later this week, man. We we already got it ready to go, and Andy, it, it, it was fun. It got 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 pretty got pretty wild, man. Dude, it was it was incredible. I, I learned a tremendous amount from Lou, and it was such a pleasure to have him on. I mean, uh, I I really enjoyed that conversation. I, I think the community will as well. Yeah, and don't forget, we did drop the J Jets eighteen card uh, collector conversation. Um, with the Bazang. I love I love that name, the French. Uh one of the one of the best super collectors and one of the best breakers in the hobby. He gave us some good insight on both of those. That's already posted, so make sure you go check that out. Okay. And until next week, Andy. Peace. Let's peace. Go. some cards, baby. Let's go. Yeah, you give it. Welcome to episode 54, man. Can you believe it? I thought it'd be more. I don't keep up <laughs> with like, the numbers. Like, I started listening to, um, what was it? It was um, JJ Zacharija. Oh, yeah. JJ Zacharison. Yeah, Zacharison. 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 And he he does like not only does he do like episode one thousand four hundred seventy six, not only does he give the numbers. Let me see if this thing's gonna turn on. But he also uh remembers each what happens in like each episode. Um it's like uh he knows um like he remembers, like in episode three hundred sixty-two, I talked about how you can judge a tight end by his pinky toenail. Like he's all the way down to the very last uh, detail. I like him a lot. Wow. Yeah, I see you tweeting, trying to you know get my subscribers to unfollow me because of my draft deal. Hey man, you posted up the picture of all the. Alabama and Florida players, FSU players, like, yeah, and then and have a single LSU guy on there, and I'm having a feeling where you took uh, Dalvin Cook, you may have been able to get Chase, but he may have been off the board. I don't know. Um, and to go one step further, I, I had my next pick was DK Metcalf, so mm. I'm just I'm just going, um. I, I, for now, like if I'm deciding between two players, I'm going to pick the player that just goes along with the thing. If you played in the SEC or um, – and I think if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to look this up. So, you know, like these recruiting stories, um, and I've learned a lot of it, you know, from, from Jeremy, right? He's taught me a lot about, like, how difficult it is to, like, make a recruiting decision when you're, like – you know, you, you know, you're getting courted by every school, 
right? Like, you know, you know, let's take Jay Hill, for instance, right? He, you know, he's from Louisiana. His teammate, Lyle Collins, who's now with the Bengals. So they were on the same high school team. Could you imagine that? Wow. They're on the same high school team at Redemptress. And they, they just murdered everybody. You know, they just handed the ball and he just ran bam. Like, it's crazy. High school highlights are crazy. But uh, um, Lyle Collins, a big boy, man, on the O-line. Isn't that crazy? Uh, on a high school team. So, mm-hmm. um, like, Lyle's going to LSU, right? Lyle was always going to LSU, I believe. Uh, but, you know, even then, like, you're getting recruited. Like, Nick Saban wanted Jeremy a lot, right? And, look, you can go to LSU all you want. If Nick Saban's calling me, are you kidding me? Uh, I'm interested, right? And you, and also, this is something that I think about a lot because this guy wasn't big in the NFL. But do you know how many running backs probably like early 30s, late 20s? Do you know how big like Reggie Bush was to them? Massive. Every running back wanted to be Reggie Bush. So if you go look, Jay will show me this really cool. They uh, he wore uh, he wore an Allen Iverson arm sleeve. You know what I'm talking about? Like the compression. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sleeve. And um, and Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush wore wore one when he played. Um, and and then uh, Jay was telling me like a lot of running backs tried to do it. <laughs> they they all wanted to be like. Um, I want it to be like Reggie Bush. And it's it's just crazy, like, how big Reggie Bush was. And I'm sometimes fascinated, Andy, by these guys that are, like, college superstars. And then they get to the NFL. And they're not bad NFL players, but they're not great NFL players either. Like, Reggie is, like, the perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. Like... His one with Saints mixtape is still insane. Like it's insane when he like, was on the field, right? Like he was just yeah. so fragile. It felt like yeah. when he was in the NFL level. Reggie, I always, I always felt like, man, it's. And then I realized it's that kind of archetype is more fragile, right? That super speedy, but a little bit smaller frame. He didn't have a super high BMI. You know, he wasn't. He wasn't as thick as guys like. Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson or Adrian Peterson, you know, he was uh, faster and sleeker, I guess, if you will. But he got hurt a lot more. And as you can tell, I'm going all out running back here. So I got the <laughs> jersey here, got the TD shirt. I'm a big Terrell Davis fan. Um, and uh, and I don't know, like I've always just kind of liked Georgia players. LSU and Georgia, uh, LSU's gotten the better of Georgia. More often than not, they don't play all that often. Um, but I always just like Georgia. I've, I've always did. I think I think a lot of their players are cool. Um, Athens is a great college city. Um, I learned a little bit about our guest, Lou. His sister goes to Georgia. Oh, cool. And uh, look, Georgia's had a lot of fun players. Here's another one of those Reggie Bush guys who was – really freaking good in college, went to the NFL, and was really good. Remember No. Sean Moreno? 
Yeah, man. I love no Sean Moreno on the Broncos. He was the man, dude. No Sean Moreno. And there's so many of these running backs that were really freaking good in college and they go to the NFL and they're still good. Like they'll make a pro, uh, the occasional pro bowl or lead the NFL in touchdowns. It's just, you know, the drop off, it's just so precipitous. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, Another one of those guys stick with the Broncos is like Melvin Gordon right now, you know, dealing with the, the foot issues. And Melvin Gordon's been a really good NFL back. Is he great? No. But it, it's just crazy, like, how big your fall off can be at that position. It, it just blows my mind, really. From, yeah, from a rookie, from, from being a rookie to just going into like your age 27, 28 season, like all these 2017 guys are uh, this might be the year where they start to, to decline man there's so many of those guys still going in the first few rounds of drafts and this might be the year they decline we'll see i think Dalvin cook's gonna have a big year i do i really really do i like the I, way I do he, too I, I like the way he fits in i'm drafting him a lot there's two running backs i'm drafting a lot here andy um Dalvin Cook, and I'm talking myself back into Saquon hype. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. I I, I think there's going to be a lot of people that lose in fantasy this year with the 1.1 and the 1.2, right? I think the Colts are going to throw more. Um, I also think the Panthers' offense – I just don't like the way this this whole thing is going with Matt Rule. Um, and I, if I had the 1.1 in fantasy leagues, especially like in best ball, I'd probably still draft like Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey. Um, but, man, I, I just – I look at Kevin O'Connell and I look at, you know, the Vikings. I'm just going to really like their offense. I mean mm-hmm. – Kirk can really spin it. I think their defense is going to be okay. I think their team. I think their games could be a little bit more track meetish, if you will. And I think Jefferson and Dalvin Cook have a better shot than we would like to think of both of them finishing like in the top three at both of their positions. Have you seen the? I'm sure you have, like all the reports from Justin Jefferson this uh, preseason. Like, well, not preseason, but training camp. I mean, he's just won on every single route, every single rep. I mean, he's just absolutely dominating. So I'm, I'm like, I'm smashing the button on Justin Jefferson now ahead of Cooper Cup. I'm not gonna lie, he's Justin Jefferson has become my number one wide receiver off the board, like at around pick four or five, if. You know, those top running backs are are gone. I also think one thing that's a little under the radar here, you know, everyone's making a big deal about, you know, Matthew Stafford's elbow as well. Mm. I think it'll be fine. Stafford's like the – like, he's one of the toughest sons of guns you'll ever meet, right? And one day I'll tell you about my run-in with Matthew Stafford. Uh, it was kind of bizarre. But what a Georgia player, man. Yeah, I, 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 love, I love me through Georgia players, man. I, mean, I don't think I'm going to lose LSU subscribers considering we've, we really have dominated Georgia for the most part. Um, 
beat them in the 19 championship game, beat them in the 11 championship game, both times really badly. Um, and then in 2018, they came to Tiger Stadium and Joe Burrow beat them down. And this was before like Burrow became Burrow. Um, but uh, what, what's really interesting is I think people kind of sort of forget how bad McVay coached in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds bizarre. How, how can you say that? You know, he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but he also gave up some big leads. And he started running the football, um, trying to back into wins, you know, coaching conservatively. And, you know, he almost lost him a few games. They were lucky to win the 49ers game. You know, the Buccaneers game would have been the biggest collapse ever. And it took Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup to bail McVay out every game. Like, yes, he beat the Cardinals, but Cooper Cup and Stafford beat Tampa Bay. Cooper Cup and Stafford beat um, San Francisco. And then they they won the Super Bowl, the same exact. And Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller on defense. It wasn't for some of those those QB pressures and those sacks they got. There's no there's no way they would have lost those games too. And for a few games, he got, you know, arguably the most talented overall talented wide receiver of the past decade. He got Odell back at fully locked in and healthy Odell Beckham. And and I don't think I don't think I don't think McVeigh I don't know. It's interesting. Him and Shanahan, you know, him and Shanahan are like Two of the brightest offensive minds, but they don't go for it on fourth down. They're very conservative on fourth down. Another cool Jay Hill story, right? So him and him and Odell are friends, right? Because they played on the same team. So think about this offense. It was uh, at LSU. It was Jeremy Hill at running back, um, Lyle Collins on the offensive line. You remember Zach Mettenberger? Like he he won a few NFL games. Or Matt? I'm a huge Matt fan. I got to want to. I always keep one of his rookie autos just right here. Nice. <laughs> and um, so Lyell and you probably don't know this name, Trey Turner. He was a Pro Bowl guard for the Panthers for a few years. And uh, I think he's still with the Steelers. And they had Odell freaking Beckham. So think about like peak Odell. And they had peak Jarvis Landry all, all on the same offense. And they, they they won ten games, but you know we could never beat Bama with those guys. We had two a few heartbreaking losses, uh, but it's crazy. Like it's one of our best. You know, it doesn't get discussed because you know we just had Burrow and those guys. But that offense was just crazy. But something Jay always brings up to me is like how much, how big of a star Odell Beckham Jr. is. Like, and his car prices don't reflect that, that at all. You could build a very good Odell collection for a decent amount. He's not, he's probably not going to be in the Hall of Fame unless something like, you know, with all the injuries and bad teams and all of that. Uh, I could see the media not loving this guy because of, you know, his perception or whatever. But the one thing that's very interesting, Andy, is Odell is still, still the biggest non QB star in the sport. And everybody in the NFL wants to be him. I, I'm I am not joking about that. Um, you know, it, it, it's not just like the Drake thing. It's not just like you know the A-list superstars just like Odell because you know he's got the look. 
he is extremely good looking dude, but he has the crazy hair. He's got the dancing. He's got, you know, he, he just, he's just a star. Right. But you know, it's interesting is every time Odell walks into a room, he is the biggest star in the room. Doesn't matter who's in there. He's got this, this kind of glow to him. That's a, it's a little bit different. It's kind of hard to explain really, but I've seen it. And I I've, I've, well, me personally, I haven't seen it, you know, post NFL, but when he was at LSU, he just always had this, this star quality about him. And it's interesting because I want to be very interested to see what his post playing career is going to be like. Um, because I don't, I don't think he's going to be a broadcaster. I don't think he's going to be a coach, but I could see him like doing something. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if, if it's, I don't think it's politics, but I would guess he would be some kind of, entertainment something i could see him hosting like yeah hosting like hosting like uh super bowl parties or or whatever um but he is such a huge 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 star um and it blows my mind because like you know like christian mccaffrey dates olivia culpo like the supermodel or whatever but not everybody knows that right but you know, it, McCaffrey has had a better career. He's also been very injured, but he's not really a star, right? Odell's just this global superstar. All these international soccer players talk about Odell Beckham. All I mean, just the whole world knows who this, for the most part, knows who this guy is. Um, and it's crazy. You could build a pretty filthy Odell collection. Now, I sold my Odells during the Super Bowl hype window because, you know, that. It was time to max out, but I yeah somebody got a somebody got a snipe. Like I look at a PSA ten rookie ticket auto Odell that went for a hundred and fifty. Uh, just somebody put it to auction. See, that's the thing you never know when somebody's going to put a card like that to auction. PSA ten sold for a hundred and fifty two. When the last one, even in July, sold for two fifty. God bless America, dude. Holy, see what God. I'm saying? Serial numbered. On card auto from Optic. I'm telling you, these Optic on card autos are money, Carter. If you can buy low in a player in this card, I mean, you are sitting sweet. Uh, It's extremely liquid. I would put this card as liquid as any of the national. I'd put it right up there with NT, Immaculate. You know, if you were to compare scarcity, like if you were to look at a numbered out of 75 from iMac or NT with the auto, it's these cards okay. are very, very liquid, man. Ooh, oh, it's a serial number match. Yeah, Dang it. details. Did they, details. Did they include that in the listing? No, no the Knucklehead didn't. didn't even include that. Oh, no. No, they didn't. There's no way. Nope. nope. He puts Did a that- picture of it, but says nothing about it in the list. Oh no! Especially since he's number one, and like wow. the first. Oh my god! No, that co- that cost him. Yeah, yeah. That, co- that probably no less. That cost him two hundred fifty bucks on that probably. list. Probably because that's a gorgeous card. Let me I see mean- what what's the. Uh- let me see the feedback on this. Oh, oh, this oh big feedback. Ton. Yeah, yeah, big time seller. So he he might it might not mean that much to him, you know, if you're selling that much inventory. Yeah. Um, see if these actually become a thing. Um, with like 
actual NFL teams. I'm sending this in. Yeah, I think you'd find this interesting. Okay. Even though it's, even though it's soccer, I kind of just want to buy a box of this just so it could sit on my shelf. But this does make me really want to rip this product. Just for the team, official LFC team set, including either guaranteed autographed or relic. Now, if they could get that as a game uh, used relic, that would that would be sick. And like actually, like Lewis said, tag that game. They're going to get my money, man. Damn it, they're going to get my money. Oh, man, I don't even like soccer cards. But uh, you're a big liver. Look at you. Got the hat on, man. Hat, man. I'm going to take it off. It's distracting. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm – to do that for the Saints. I mean, I did it when when the um, I've still got it sealed too. When the Bucks won the Super Bowl, oh, I, I bought the Panini. I still have it sealed. The championship set. Yeah, I I bought it immediately. You know, I bought a shirt and I bought the the set. Oh, I just sold a nice uh, little lot of Brandon IU cards. I uh, just on a bin just now. Yep. Yeah, I just got a nice little offer on a lot of base optics for $25, except. Look at you. Yeah, dude, I sent out four, five, six cards yesterday. I sold a nice, I sold my, I don't know if you caught this, but I I bought that gold uh, field level Antoine Winfield Jr. And that was sealed numbered out of 10. It's a gold select field level. I bought it in auction for $45, about $50 out the door with shipping. I just sold it for 100 And I haven't held that card very long. Honestly, I wasn't going to sell it, which I, I listed it for $109 or $109.95. And a guy offered me 100 And I'm like, uh, okay, well, you know, I got to stick to my guns. He's not like, I love the card. He's super um, – I'm a fan of his, but at the same time, like a double up on a defensive player just based on the scarcity alone, that that was nice. So I accepted that, sent that out yesterday. Dude, I'm selling all kinds of cards right now. It's nice. Right. Sold my Tua. Sold my Tua Optic Hollow. Oh, you finally S- got rid of that? Yeah, sold the SGC 10. Got 175 for it. It was really close to what – and the guy had good feedback, and uh, him and I messaged back and forth a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? Let's let's do this. Let's let's do this. And what were you in? What were you in for on the card? Two hundred. Oh, uh, so sixty dollars. I bought the card for thirty, Aww. graded it for thirty with SGC as part of a, a bulk submission that I did with them, and came back a ten. Listed it for two hundred, sold it for one seventy five. Yeah. Yeah.